by building our experiences in the outside world and everybody thinking that that was what API was about, open APIs, then we could also resell the story that we already tried to sell internally for years, that APIs, disconnecting front-end and back-end and putting business logic into your back-end. We could resell that story in a, a more practical way because we could show the outside world and we could present how the internal organization should work. Internet wasn't that big. We were still at, yeah, we called it BOP stages, so it wasn't internet on mobile, but you could see that functionality on a smaller screen would become a big thing. And suddenly when we launched mobile and did a first MVP and then added new functionalities and new versions of it. Now it's one of our biggest channels. We cannot become lazy in that learning experience because if you look at where big techs are and how they connect digital ecosystems, they are far, far ahead of a lot of industries. And if you become lazy in that sense, you become less relevant. Hello and welcome to the API Resilience Podcast with Mark Winberry and Christopher Thomas. Today, we've got a special guest with us, Kuhn Adolfs, who is the lead product owner at ABN Amro, who's uh, going to talk a little bit about their API program and some of the exciting stuff that they've been up to. How are you doing, Kuhn? I'm doing good. Thank you. So thank, thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm always really excited about hearing uh, to, to hear how how you're evolving and how your team is progressing in this long API journey, because I think, you know, if becoming an API company is an API journey. And, um, and it, there's, there's a couple of things that you've been up to lately that, um, that make you stand out, I think. So, so it's, it's great to have you on board to, to hear you tell your story. Thank you. Um, I'm uh, happy to, to share some insights and experiences and also to get other companies uh, on that road again uh, as well, because I do think that uh, a lot of industries need to go through the transformation that uh, we are going through uh, at the moment. Uh, and I just want to say that it's a pleasure to meet you. I've seen a lot of uh, the work that you've done on your developer portal. It's, uh, it's excellent and um, I know that we look at it as an example of uh, a lot of uh, Im implement implementation of great practices. And um, there's a lot that people can learn just from looking at your portal. So uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I look forward to this conversation and, you know, helping our audience understand uh, some of the aspects of your digital transformation and what's made it successful and um, how, you know, they can weather the, the current crisis by, you know, creating uh, stronger relationships with their partners, their customers through their developer programs and their API programs. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of a special case because like um, a, a lot of people in the, in the Apogee ecosystem, I often talk about like, oh, yeah, Kuhn has been doing this and Kuhn has been doing that. And it's been, um, yeah, I, I, I know that you're often being shown as like an example of like, this is a dev portal done well. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's, it's been very interesting because I, I started saying this recently is that a great or anything, 
it's uh, anything you do, it's never about technology alone. And I think that's definitely the case uh, for dev portals. Just the dev portal technology alone is just technology. Uh, it's just a, a constraint that without the work that you need to put into it, it's not going to give you the results that you need. Uh, so I think when I started working on my dev portal maturity model, it was interesting to see that on both dimensions, both on the business alignment and on the operational maturity, that on both dimensions, uh, your team is actually going ahead and charting the ways. So can you, can you maybe tell a little bit more about like, how come that you're doing content so well? Because I think what I see a lot of our, a lot of our customers, it takes a long time until they really get it that, yeah, you know, we've got a dev portal now and now we have to start iterating on our content and, and figuring out like how is our content really going to address our, our customers' needs. And somehow you figured that out. How did you get there? Yeah, so then I also need to share a bit how I became a product owner of open yes. banking and lately also enterprise integration technology. Because what you share that other companies need to go through a lot of culture change and education, I need, I need to go through myself as well. So it has been years ago that the first idea of uh, ideas were presented to Europe, to European banks, about a new regulation, Payment Service Directive 2, in which third parties could get access uh, to transaction data of, uh, of bank customers. And that was a mind-blowing concept at that, uh, at that point. And at that point, we didn't think about developer experience yet. Uh, we were mostly thinking about what would that mean for our business model? How do, uh, which kind of opportunities can we gain, but also what are the threats that we need to cope with? And it was really strategy and business strategy that we needed to uh, deep dive into. And when we had some sort of theoretical model, like this is where the threats could be, and this is where the opportunities uh, could be, we also found out that we needed to build some capabilities. So obviously then you need API management to share your APIs to third parties, but also to consume uh, APIs from others to your own internal organization and build uh, from, uh, from there. And when we got there, like, oh, we, we have, we're now building the APIs for that regulation. We have the capabilities to consume APIs of other banks as well. Then let's think about that other block in the theoretical model of which other opportunities could we gain by deep diving into which APIs could we provide more and, uh, and also what are the essential capabilities to really gain that opportunity? Because only uh, the uh, providing APIs from a regulatory point of view, you wouldn't deep dive too much into uh, how do I offer that product? You see that a lot of banks as well, when they only have that compliance mindset, then their development portals are often uh, a, bit, uh, a bit off because it's only I need to comply, here's the documentation, here you can sign up and that's it. What we tried to do was really look into which products do we already have in our organization and how can we build a open API on top of that. 
So the strategy that we already have for that product can become more successful. And that's also how we ended up looking at Tiki. And Tiki is one of our uh, peer-to-peer uh, payment platforms. So where uh, if I'm going to a restaurant with people, I want to share the bill, I can use Tiki to split the bill. And a lot of companies looked at the functionality and they liked that and they had a lot of use cases where they would like to have that interaction as well. Um, and then we got that uh, idea like, oh, this is a, a fitting API where we could build our experience upon beyond the compliance APIs. So uh, when we invested in API management and we invested in the Tiki API, we also uh, developed the developer portal. And on the side, we also organized a big Beyond Banking hackathon. And we invited APIs from a lot of other companies and other companies to a big event to present their developer portals, their API products. Uh, and for us, that was the first, yeah, how do you say it? Come to Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, 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 to present what we've built along the way and to see how developers would respond to that. And we also learned that all right, uh, the, the onboarding on that part, we need to tweak that a bit. Or we get quite some uh, questions about technical documentation on these and these items. And because we had that hackathon and we really could see 260 developers struggling on bits and pieces, uh, we also needed. Uh, we also knew where we needed to improve before we launched our developer portal. So then we 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 uh, invested some uh, time in that as well, uh, and then two months later we um, yeah we could uh, launch the the whole developer portal. That's for the developer experience part. That was the first part of the journey. But what you also need to stand and imagine is that. Working at a big bank and transforming a big bank into a new digital mindset and especially banks where data is closed and you keep it with you, you really need to get your story right in order for an organization to, uh, to, to be able to want uh, opening up some piece of and bits of, of their building blocks. So, Building a good story externally was not only useful to build a good experience for the outside world, but it's also the outside-in view, how you can, yeah, uh, that can help to transform your own organization if you're working in a big company uh, as, I, as I do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering how much of the strategy development you know, how much selling did you have to do internally mm -hmm. to help the people in the more traditional parts of the bank understand the value of what you were doing and to see those opportunities? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you mentioned a, a lot of uh, banks that just do compliance uh, portals and they stop there. That's a, a very natural reaction for what tend to be more conservative organizations. And so whenever you were working on those strategies and those opportunities, how did you present those and how did you get support and um, how does that continue to work for you? 
So we launched our developer portal in 2017, but my actual journey uh, uh, in the part of open APIs, that started in 2014, 2015. And first I needed to learn myself what, uh, what, what this would mean for a bank and which storylines would fit in my head so I could understand how a business could, could transform. And by looking at how, for instance, Philips Hue uh, transformed Lightning and how Uber and Google Maps are uh, working uh, together, uh, I got some, some, some useful uh, storylines which I could also help to others to understand how that transforms the taxi industry or the, the, the maps industry or how you order, uh, how you get train information, uh, etc. And those experiences that everybody is aware of on their mobile phones, but actually doesn't know how that works, being able to sell that internally and, and show those use cases to, uh, to internal uh, people and building that storyline, that, that's something that I invested time in in 2014 to uh, 2015 started to spread the first words within the organization, uh, growing yeah, crowds, uh, over 300 people internally. So we are a company of 20, uh, 23,000 people in total. And I think that uh, with my stories during those years, I've touched about five to six, 7,000 people within the organization just by inspiring how banking could transform based on what you uh, see in other industries. And then having spent time on those opportunities and threats uh, of what, uh, what PCTU could uh, offer, uh, that helped to create some sense of urgency as well. Like we really need to deep dive into this topic, else we, uh, we won't find the gains. And by organizing the Beyond Banking Days, again, it was about showing the internal organization how different banking and development can be if you just set a lot of developers together and build new stuff. It was creating that vibe that we needed to uh, spend quite some money on, uh, some money and some, some time on. And when we launched our developer portal, towards that, it was really like getting through hurdles every time. But once you're out there, you're suddenly the normal channel. You're just one of those things that uh, that a bank should offer. And we were the first main Dutch bank within the Netherlands to provide a developer portal, but now you see that a lot of the banks have it. But by having spent a lot of time in sharing that inspiration, uh, inspirational uh, story as well, uh, you also see that some managers at the commercial banking side, corporate banking side, started to form their own teams, deep diving in which kind of APIs could we offer to our own customers as a new channel, because especially corporate customers are very experienced in using third-party software to, to do banking, to, do, uh, to, to look at their financial data. And you, you, you could see that at that part it sticks, and also the, the, the ticky uh, payments request story, that sticks. And based on that, we saw that the organization was making steps. And what was interesting is by building our experiences 
in the outside world, and everybody thinking that that was what API was about, open APIs, then we could also resell the story that we already tried to sell internally for years, that APIs, disconnecting front-end and back-end, and putting business logic into your back-end. We could resell that story in a, a more practical way, because we could show the outside world, and we could present how the internal organization should work as well. And that's that's a, a different transformational story, but that's where the angle that we're currently taking, uh, taking to transform the inside culture in order to take a next step externally in the future. Very interesting. I think I'm learning a lot of things. Like we know each other for a very long time now, and and there's a lot of new stuff I'm learning today. It's really interesting. <laughs> like the um, I didn't know that PSE two was the trigger for you. I thought that because you were busy with APIs way before PSE2. I thought that, um, yeah, that that was a but, different driver, yeah. But the, re the regulation started in 2012. In 2012, right. it was announced to the market. But the thing is that a lot of people within the bank didn't know about the regulation. And right. if they would know about the regulation, they didn't understand the impact. And it was only a very few people that, that I had a few like, oh, this is what I experienced on my own mobile phone with other things. This is what's going to kickstart it. And connecting that into API technology and what API technology is, that was new for me. But if I look to ABN Emro, and that's also what I uh, finished my uh, last sentences with, APIs were already around within the organization for quite some time, but it wasn't a business topic. Right. And, and with, it was always that story for those at, I, uh, at IT, and right. no one could share me where the abbreviation of uh, API was standing for, what, what it means. They couldn't share it in an, a, in an easy, explainable way. So because of PSA2, I needed to deep dive into the technology and how can I explain this easily to others. But the topic of APIs was already around within the organization, but was much more focused on uh, at IT and a, a difficult sell to, to the business part of the organization. I think what, what was interesting is that you, you also said earlier that uh, I think that that's something that you're doing different is this internal promotion and like and really focusing and paying attention and wanting to pay the price for internal promotion. I think that's also quite exceptional, like the making it like almost like a brand experience, like the API, the API number API brand. And like, I remember like when we did a, 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 our first conference together that you had like the, the video afterwards. Uh, <laughs> with the, and then is this, is this something Dutch or is this something you or is this something Avian Amro or, or where did this come from? Because this is, not, this is not normal. I haven't seen a lot of other teams do it that way. So I started at Avian Amro in 2009 as a trainee, a management trainee. And the goal of a traineeship was to develop the future leaders. So a lot of time and effort was spent in my education and yeah, with the hope that, that people lead the, 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 new, the organization to, to the future in whichever domain uh, they are working. 
When I started to look into the topic of APIs and PSG2, I really got a gut feeling like if I don't get this story along within the organization, if I don't get that story right, the organization will struggle because of that, won't make it maybe. Uh, that was also uh, the, the, the story back then. So I felt a big responsibility to, to bring that story back into the organization, which organizations spend a lot of time to educate me in the, in the past. So. If you work in a company uh, for a long time, you build personal relationships and you want everybody to, uh, to succeed. And that was, uh, for me, also a big yeah, a reason why I want to spread that. But that it's... was one part. Mm -hmm. the, the, the other part is, and I started to connect those dots later on, but in my youth, I, was a, uh, I did world championships of dancing in front of mm -hmm. 15,000 people. And being on stage, then back then doing dancing, but now doing uh, sharing your story, that was something that I also enjoyed. And uh, I got, I also studied in Japan with a professor, Gar Reynolds. He is also writing books about presentations then. How do you share your story? Uh, was and Nancy Duarte, uh, she's also a big writer and professional in how you sell your story right all those dots connected and being on stage presenting your story presenting yourself feeling the responsibility that you needed to bring this story internally else the organization wouldn't succeed that was just a, a mix-up and that's something that is still going on but now uh, having yeah now you're on the right where a lot of people join you uh, and it becomes much less about me, and I'm happy about that. It becomes much more about the organization and how are we going to succeed with APIs. And that's also a, a shifting point that uh, we're trying to make. Yeah. And actually, I just realized you are an internal developer evangelist. You're, you're, you're one of, like, maybe without actually explicitly being named that, you're a very good example of this is how you do internal DevRel. This is how you get your organization excited about APIs and going on this journey. And I think that's a really big part of your success, I think, as, a, as an organization in the API scene. I've seen other organizations where there's an initial budget, there's a, the initial drive, but then it kind of like tapers off because there's no clear, like, cheerleader for 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 the whole thing uh so that's that's an uh, interesting insight yeah I, i'm really interested in if you retrospect now on the original opportunities and threats that you saw how good was your prediction then and what has uh what what's panned out and proven to be true that that you've either uh been able to mitigate or take advantage of? What has surprised you? So it's often said that people and uh, the society uh, overestimates changes that can happen on the short term mm -hmm. and underestimate the changes that are happening on a longer term. And if I look at how the story of open APIs and PC2 was shared in 2015, 
it was definitely the feeling that once PSD2 would be there, there would be a big bang change and suddenly the whole society around finance would work differently. And the story also of FinTech was, give me all your data bank because we can do a much better job than, than you're doing. And along the way, you found out that there is a reason why there are banks around and know your client uh, processes and all the transactional monitoring uh, uh, and detecting financial crimes. It's, it's a heavy duty job. So there is a reason why there is a bank. And uh, you saw that FinTech were struggling. At the other hand, you also saw that banks were struggling with getting that new technology in. And, a lot of fintech that originally wanted to have the customer layer pivoted to be a, a strong capability provider, which a bank needed. And th you see that that started to merge and the story changed. Back then, big tech and, and payments wasn't a big it wasn't uh, a big thing. So you also see that that uh, story has changed. If I, if I look back in 2015, and that was also my first sentence, we expected a big change at that moment, looking towards the future and where we are now, one, two years into PSD2. I do see there's a lot to discover and, and next steps, and towards 10 years from now, definitely big changes will have happened. But it hasn't been the big bang change overnight uh, as we expected back then and i think this is also making it harder like to to show roi i think and to show what is the business value of all of this stuff because it's like i i, I think this apis definitely have the the gartner hype cycle thing with uh, the three of despair and then the <laughs> and all of that stuff it's it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that because the return on investment is easy to present, actually. Uh, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, because for PC2, the reason why yeah. you need to have it is obvious. If you don't have it, you're you not compliant, yeah. the regulator will come to you and you will have bigger issues. That's, that's a difficult one. We also see that teams that had a strong consumer proposition, Tiki, wanted to move and build a business proposition. And because of APIs, you started to see that that opportunity was growing. Uh, so over there, that uh, return on investment was uh, presentable as well. With multi-banking in our own internet and mobile channels, you now, we can now offer multi-bank aggregation into our own apps. And that wasn't functionality that we couldn't provide before. But the biggest and strongest sell uh, where we can present our return on investment is not actually an API product that is publicly provided on the developer portal, but a partner API that we share with other banks. And that's to check whether you have a valid bank account when you do a payment at, an, at another bank. And we, we found that a lot of wrong payments were done. And by checking whether you had, what are you doing uh, payments at a valid bank account at another bank, that reduced the costs for customers, the, the, 
also the calls and the complaints we had as a, as a bank. And over there, there was a big, big sell for, for open API technology. Very interesting. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm always looking for, I think for me, the, the key is that it, this is not about selling technology. It's not about selling API management or selling dev portals. It's about can we help our customers to, to become successful and, and to grow value? And can we really provide business value? So I'm, I'm always interested to hear those stories. Um, yeah, interesting. Good. Yeah. I'm really wondering, can there are always the part of what I was trying to get at earlier was there are always the how you perceive things and the intended consequences, and then there are unintended consequences. And sometimes those unintended consequences can be surprisingly good. And is there anything you can point to that uh, was an un unintended consequence, good or bad, that um, you might help people who haven't uh, matured their program to the point that you are think about from your experience? Um, unintended consequences. I, I think starting this journey as a whole is an unintended consequence because deep diving into the API world, every stone you grab on the mirror, there is a lot of learning experience. To, to, and if you look towards the future, suddenly there are a lot of new discoveries that you can make. And there are so many angles to API technology that it's all an unintended consequence. So you need to connect all those dots. So if I talk about which APIs to offer with business development, that's a part of APIs. Uh, if I think about how do I provide support to developers, that's something that you need to deep dive into. How do you build developer communities? How do you build your platform? How am I going to write technical documentation? And a unintended consequence of those topics is that at first I was doing everything by my own and a few developers, and suddenly you need to connect a lot of people and share that experience to them as well and involve them because it becomes too too big to, to, to handle. And uh, for me, that was also an unattended consequence that I needed to grow in a different type of leadership to delegate and learn how that works and then see which skill sets do we need to uh, combine to take the next step. Uh, so it's a, a long learning experience and I'm convinced that whoever at another organization wants to have a, a good topic where you can personally grow in for for a lot of years, API technology is definitely uh, the, way, the way to go. Whenever you talk about what you're doing with the API program and um, what developers are doing and what you're able to do because of what you've done, and you discuss that within the organization, do you get the sense that the organization has come to recognize the the fact that uh, this has added value to the organization and that ABN AMRO is perceived as uh, being a leader because of uh, a lot of the things that, uh, that you have done? For me, it's not a... 
I don't need to have the personal credits for that. So it's not because I have done it. Uh, what I find important that is, and I towards the future, I also think that that's the only way that uh, it can become successful if business lines themselves uh, think about what is my internal API portfolio. So how do I connect my internal products to the teams that are building mobile apps and internet banking apps, and how can I involve third parties in that uh, relationship as well, and how can that be a whole business strategy for payments, for loans, for savings, uh, instead of that there is a separate team thinking about open API technology and telling that this is what you should do. So for me, I don't need the organization to think, or or others to think that we are the leaders in uh, in this field. We all need to be aware that there is a lot to learn, uh, and that we cannot become lazy in that learning experience. Because if you look at where big techs are and how they connect digital ecosystems, they are far far ahead of a lot of industries. And if you become lazy in that sense, yeah, you become less relevant in, uh, uh, in the digital world as well. So I don't need to be perceived as a leader. We're still at the beginning of our journey, and I think that will uh, stay. I guess uh, part of what I, I was getting at is that, um, you know, there's a lot of definitions that people throw around and a lot of meaning around digital transformation and what that really is. And I think that the answer is that it's different depending on what your business is. Obviously, you're on a digital transformation journey. And I saw some analyst figures that suggested that companies that have successfully or are or are successfully on their digital transformation journey are have a um, a market cap, you know, ten to ten plus percent more than their competitors, and that that is the result of their digital transformation. So, I, I think part of my question is, besides having avoided any sort of regulatory penalties, is the organization appreciative of what digital transformation means and how important it is and that uh, that it is delivering value? I think that that's definitely the case. So if I look at ABN AMRO and when I started in 2009, internet banking was around, but I also know uh, the managers who started with internet banking and they got a lot of questions back then, why do you start a digital channel? And then suddenly it became big. And then uh, with mobile, when I started in 2009, I internet wasn't that big. We were still at, yeah, we called it BOP uh, stages. So it wasn't internet on mobile, but you could see that functionality on a smaller screen would become a big thing. And suddenly when we launched uh, mobile and uh, did a, first MVP and then added new functionalities and new versions of it. Now it's one of our biggest channels. And if I look at the last few years, what you see as uh, popping up is uh, the, the video channel. So doing mortgage advice via video 
two years uh, back uh, we started that leaf uh, and back then it was oh, oh, we see that customers like it but will this ever be the main channel and then COVID-19 happened and suddenly everybody is experienced in doing these kind of video calls and this becomes a serious channel for a bank as well so if I add up internet mobile and then video and then because of regulation but also uh, corporate customers starting to request digital connectivity via apis to their erp systems you just see the amount of digital channels that you need to support and you also need to think about your internal digital ecosystem and capabilities in order to uh, to be able to support that and automatically technologies like AI and cloud and etc becomes relevant because else you cannot support all those uh, all those channels. So I think that that brings us close to a topic that I also wanted to quickly touch on is because you you said in the beginning that you're now also responsible for uh, for the integration program. So can you talk a little bit more about like the internal API kitchen at ABN Amro and like how how has that been growing and how are you driving growth there? Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what has that meant for the organization? Um, so again, uh, over there we are in the, uh, in the learning stages. So APIs internally has been a, uh, a story for quite some years. Obviously, IT driven often, but by building the open developer portal, we gained a lot of experience in how to write technical documentation, do support, and how to do community building. And also that that part that you shared, that developer uh, evangelism, uh, that API evangelism, that was a capability that I have grown, but also others in the organization. We saw that in order to take a next step internally, but also towards the, uh, the open APIs in the future, we needed to homebrew that API culture, API first culture within the organization as well. How the, the, in the open API world, we build a nice developer portal as the face of our open API program. Then obviously with all the capabilities you've built, you can easily copy paste that into a internal space as well. One big difference is that the internal space You don't need that much business documentation as you would for your open APIs because it's much more about your internal capabilities. But what you do need internally is people to get that same mindset that an API is a product instead of a technical integration. So you need API product owners on business side thinking about features. We don't have those product owners at the business side. So how do you get that organization to to change into that direction, then again, it's sharing the story, politics, putting pressure, and and having that phase, building the right stories on your developer portal. And what we're also doing is building an API makerspace in which we provide all the capabilities to our internal teams to, to, to make that leap whenever they are ready. So with a clear handbook, how to get from A to Z, e-learnings with technical writing guides and connecting those dots between the external developer portal and the internal developer portal. Because of 
because a lot of the other things are the same capability. And would you, if you would do it all over again, would you start externally again or would you start internally? Uh, the organization already started internally way before me, but APIs was a difficult thing to sell. And uh, although IT is powerful, big, the biggest changes within, uh, within the organization uh, are happening when business and IT are aligned on topics. Mm -hmm. And because of Agile, where uh, business people became more responsible about IT deliveries as well, uh, because of regulation externally, because of all kind of uh, facets, things are changing. So I, I think that I cannot make a choice between the two mm -hmm. because it's, it's just a lot of components that come together and in an agile world, you cannot create the ideal world. You need to move within the field that you are at. So mm -hmm. I don't think that you... Yeah. There's no answer. You need to make a choice. Yeah, there's no answer. Yeah. Just, just start and learn. No, because because we see we see we see both we see customers that start internally and we see customers that start externally. I think one of the the, the traps that I see sometimes is that APIs are sold to business as as like um, a product that is going to be selling, and it's like, hmm. and that's that sometimes it's oversold, and that that the. There's more immediate value expected where the the long term value is is not that visible and not that clear or not that well uh, promoted so yeah yeah so so if you are in the if you start in the internal domain, then an API is just an integration mechanism, and no one is thinking about business models. And that story has been around within Avinemro for years. Just disconnect the front end from the back end and by any technical means um, make it reusable. The, the open API domain started on top of that, but we saw that there's a different story. And it's only in recent times that we are connecting those storylines and you can sell it as a whole and let's go API first. And, I, and then again, you need to think of what is API first? How, uh, what is then an internal API? What is an open API? When do you need to earn money? One is it just indeed an integration, but with a third party and business value comes from some, something else. In any means, API should never be the goal, but it's always a measure to accomplish something. And there needs to be a clear business view on uh, on that. And, uh, and yeah, that, that's uh, the thing you need to aim for, for that business view. And then an API is an enabler to accomplish that, that view. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I, I'm interested in, um, so, so you were really well positioned already for a lot of the changes that have been kind of forced on us because of the corona crisis mm -hmm. and uh it's it's nice that you were ahead of the curve there so you know kudos for uh for for being there 
I'm wondering if there are any, we, we've talked a bit about the, the value that it has meant for ABN AMRO. Are there some partner or customer stories where you feel like, you know, this has been a real win-win for, for both ABN AMRO and, you know, some partner or uh, customer segment or, or customer that, uh, that you can point to that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't, you know, built out your, your API program? Uh, yeah, so one story I've, or, uh, yeah, one story I've shared, and uh, that's that IBAN name check to, to validate whether your account is, uh, the, where, you're payment, uh, where you're doing a payment to is correct. Another one in the Toki, uh, Tiki uh, domain is definitely that NGOs now can more easily attract money for their uh, purposes. And also within these uh, times where NGOs are doing a lot of yeah, good things for society, that's a helpful, uh, helpful tool as well. And you also see that Tiki is used, uh, being used in a lot of different ways than we uh, imagined uh, up front. So IoT devices or uh, in shops or in festivals. Unluckily, we cannot go to festivals at, at, uh, at this time, but you see a lot of use cases coming up. What I found uh, find interesting uh, currently is how corporate customers are starting to experience the the, the things that we're doing with the business accounts uh, inside API and with the business accounts uh, notification API and how they can automate their internal processes and save money in, the, in that regard. In our different kind of commercial APIs, is a different channel. Uh, there are the first customers that are building their software upon, and you also see that there's a lot to learn, but I see promising results in, uh, in that domain. For instance, in the logistics domain, so where packages should be sent when a payment comes in. These kind of real-time integrations you uh, you need, it can be definitely helpful. That's awesome. One, one of the things that's, one of the topics that I'm currently really interested in is the democratization of developer experience, like the democratization of the use of um, integration interfaces and APIs and all kinds of digital infrastructure. Uh, and I think that that has a, a big role to play internally in organizations, but also externally. Do you see any any stories there already that you've been in touch with? And with the democratization, uh, you mean? I mean, like, right now, APIs are about developers and are about enabling developers to make con connections, mm -hmm. but it's a very labor-intensive technical process. And there's, like, there's a couple of low-code, no-code environments and things like that. But there's... Um, and that's like one aspect of it, I think, which is kind of like programming without code. But I think there's another aspect of it, which is offering already kind of pre-chewed or pre-developed yeah. yeah. solutions to accelerate uh, an integration yeah. so that someone who doesn't know anything about programming can do it. Exactly. So that's, that's, it's interesting because uh, currently multiple people, including me, are intensively putting IoT devices in their house, and then there is a uh, system called uh, Home Assistant, and you can connect everything to it, and there's 
all kind of open source integrations that you can reuse in, uh, in that regard. If I look to our own APIs, then I'll also see that integrations have been built, for instance, to Salesforce. So there was an integration party which uh, connected Tiki to Salesforce, and then everybody using Salesforce can, uh, um, yeah, can just use Tiki with a few clicks on the, on the button. Uh, that same happened in uh, Magento, so all kind of uh, online shopping experiences built on, uh, on top of that as well. And within the domain of corporate customers with uh, the Business Account Insight uh, API, you also see that ERP systems are an important domain, ERP and accountancy software packages. Those are already those, uh, those software tools that corporates are using, and if, if you can uh, offer pre field integrations, predefined integrations, that will definitely uh, work. And we see the first few examples uh, popping up. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. I think I think that's, um, yeah, everybody becomes a developer kind of thing. Um, yeah. That's definitely coming. And yeah, this, this digital infrastructure that we're building to help us sense and respond through digital channels it's something that that should be available to everybody because i think there's a uh it's, it's basically a phase change between the pre and the post once you once you have these interfaces and uh, yeah I, i've described it as going from plant-like life to animal life that suddenly starts running around and responding to stuff uh, rather than just standing there and growing yeah so we've covered a lot of interesting territory and uh, we're coming up to the end of our time. And I'm, uh, I would like to know, you know, what kind of takeaways do you want to leave with the audience? I think that it's uh, whichever industry you are in, uh, it's useful to look outside of your own industry. Uh, hmm. So my journey started to by looking at what Google and Apple did, and not by what am I experiencing on my mobile phone, but how are they enabling developers and what is the result of that? And if you look at that angle and uh, then think of where is your own industry at, how could that transform if, if that same digital channel, that same digital uh, interaction with developers comes to uh, our industry as well. Uh, and then I uh, see that uh, big tech and, and definitely also the travel industries have come through a lot of transformation already. And banks are now on that turning point, uh, which, are, which is happening. If I look at where other industries are, uh, at, for instance, the health sector or the accounts sector or uh, notary, for instance, just uh, fuse to, uh, to relate, they are often at the beginning stages of real digital services. And I think it's useful to look at other industries which have made leaps and which leaps that they come through and really see which are then useful people to connect to, hear their stories, and start your own journey internally as well. With that same responsible feeling as I had, uh, if I'm not sharing that story internally, the organization will not, uh, will not uh, survive. Uh, I think uh, 
that's something that I invite a lot of people into in, to, to join uh, on that journey. And then uh, in the future, we will connect all industries together and what will ever come out of that is a, is a new digital society. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad um, that you talked so much in, in this discussion about uh, the power of storytelling. Uh, some of the most successful people I've worked with in, in my career have taught me the value of good storytelling. And it, it, to Christoph's, uh, you know, one of his starting assertions that, uh, you know, it's not about the technology. Uh, to me, it often comes down to, you know, the, the ability to craft the story and uh, frame it and tell it in such a way that, that people get it. So it's really great to hear how you've been able to leverage your experience in helping build uh, a success, uh, successful program at ABN AMRO through through your storytelling. And, and that's something that a lot of people can learn as well. Uh, so uh, last weekend I've seen a video of uh, Craig Federici uh, who went back to his university and he's uh, a lot of people will know him from, from Apple selling uh, the iOS uh, software and latest devices with a lot of humor and uh, good stories. And he was a really introvert when he was at uh, at uh, university, and he was a real technical guy. And uh, that video hasn't been watched uh, much yet. It's from December 2019, but it really shows uh, how he developed that strength along, yeah, along his career, and also how that influenced that, uh, him in unexpected ways. He didn't imagine himself to come at that point. Uh, so uh, again, I think it's a useful skill for a lot of people and also a great video to watch. Thank, thank you. So Kun, is there anything that you would like or to share still with the audience? Something that they should go and have a look at or something that you say like, okay, if there's one thing that I can ask of you, just go and have a look at this. Um, so I think it's useful when organizations connect and people connect and openly share their learning experiences along the way. Within ABN AMRO, we've built the developer blog. So if you go to developer.abnamro.com, uh, you will find community. And there's a nice developer blog where we present how do you build personas when you are starting to think about your developer portal. But we also provide content, for instance, about how do you transform your organization into a DevSecOps. So development security of uh, uh, organization. There's a lot of nice technical content, but also business content. Uh, and I think that it's a, a nice spot to start and connect and inspire uh, across industries. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This is really good. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been um, very instructional and inspirational. I've learned a lot and have enjoyed talking to you. Um, so for this episode, that's a wrap. To our listeners, I want to thank you for listening. We hope these stories bring you uh, new insights and encourage you to think about 
your API program and developer portal and how that can make your business stronger and more resilient. As always, please check the podcast notes for links. And we invite your feedback on uh, this episode or topics. And uh, let us know if you have uh, something that you want us to, to talk about in a future episode or guests that you think that we should have on because they've got some interesting stories. So thanks again. Thank you for listening to the API Resilience Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts for our latest episodes. You can contact us at podcast at pronovix.com. And until next time, be well.